What's up, everybody? Back today with a special edition of The Breakdown. Obviously, it is Monday, the Monday after the All-Star break, so there are no games to break down. I'm not going to spend time going back and breaking down the All-Star game either. I made it through the first half plus a little bit, watched the three-point competition, tried to watch the dunk contest. That thing's been shit on enough at this point, so I won't do it anymore. But I did go back and watch Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine just to, uh, you know, redeem things a little bit with a few real dunks. So today, I thought that I'd take the time to look ahead at the schedules coming up. One of the things that I know is true for me, and maybe it's true for some of you as well, is that I really like to dig down into the data, into matchups, into trends, all these different things that really are more granular. And because of that, I mean, when you're when you're diving into what has the pace been for a team at home over the last 10 games and how does that compare to the season or when they're away, all of that can be helpful, but you can start to miss the forest for the trees, to use that phrase. And I think sometimes it can be help, helpful to take a step back and look at bigger picture what's going on. And one of the things that I decided to do today was look ahead at the schedule for about the next month. I looked at the schedule for every team, spent some time trying to break that down from now until the end of March. And so it's not just looking back and seeing the big picture overall, though that truly can be helpful. And that's something I should probably do more frequently. But looking forward at the big picture, I think can give us potentially some things to be watching and how we bet different teams over the next month. I'm going to go through some teams that I would say are looking positive or trending up over the next month, and then teams that are trending down or not looking as positive based on their schedule. And, the, and, and hopefully it becomes apparent as I walk through those what the betting angles could potentially be on some of these teams. But one of the things we have to watch for as we go through a season is when teams get undervalued or overvalued. When a team goes on a bad stretch like Portland did for a long time and they had a lot of injuries, they had trades, they had all this stuff going on. And for a little bit there, I think I'm sure I even said this on on podcast episodes, they were the worst team in the league is how it looked for a bit. But the reality is probably that they're not a good team, but they're not the worst team either. And so I started to undervalue Portland and we saw them come through with some wins right before the all-star break or cover spreads that they weren't supposed to cover. And those can be really good spots to look at for betting where a team plays incredibly poorly and so they're undervalued or a team plays incredibly well, maybe better than they really should, and then they become overvalued. So that's what I want to do today is we're not going to go through team by team and look at every team. There's quite a few teams where I'd say the schedule is moderate, uh, nothing really to point out, especially 50-50 in terms of playing good teams, bad teams. And there will be a lot to break down there as we go through this next month plus of the season. But there are some teams where there are things with the schedule that I think it makes sense to pay attention to. So first, we're going to talk about some teams that I think could have some value or trend up over the next month plus of the season. The first one of those is Indiana. Obviously, since the trade, Indiana has not been good. They have probably been, I didn't go look at the numbers on this, but I would guess that if they are not last in defense since the trade deadline, they are right there in terms of being last in defense. They have generally scored pretty decently in their game since the trade deadline, but they have not been able to stop anybody. Now, I'm not sure if they're good enough to take advantage of what is a very favorable schedule coming out of the All-Star break, but I think this is where we're going to find out how good or bad they really are, or 
probably not good, but we might find out how bad they really are. From now until the end of March, or not now, but when the teams come back, they really have four tough games. But the other nine are ones where I feel like they could potentially be competitive at least. They come back with Oklahoma City. They do play Boston. Obviously, that's going to be a tough game. But then Orlando, Orlando, Detroit, Washington. Then they get Cleveland, but then they have San Antonio and Atlanta, who are teams that are very up and down. And I I think both teams that could potentially trend positively, but they're not heavy hitters like the ones at the top of the league. They do get Memphis. That's going to be tough. But then Houston, Portland, and Sacramento. So again, as I read through that, there's a lot of bottom of the barrel teams in there. And if Indiana can pull it together a bit, I think this is a team that we could watch in the next month plus to potentially have some positive takes on them, some positive bets, especially if early on they're still not being valued. I think we could even look where the lines go after games like when they play Boston and maybe they get throttled by Boston, but then they come back with Orlando twice. Those could potentially be good spots to bet them. So Indiana is the first team that I want to look at positively, potentially over the next month plus of the season, even if they're not a phenomenal team overall. The next team is Memphis. Now Memphis, uh, we've it's hard to say that they would be undervalued as they've just been pretty phenomenal for most of the season. And when people think about Memphis, when Vegas thinks about Memphis, this is a team that they're making a large favorite on a night-to-night basis. The reason that I highlight Memphis is that they do come out of the gate with four games that I think are at least potentially losable for them or potentially close. They come back with Minnesota then Chicago, San Antonio, which again, San Antonio is not great, but they can have a great night, and then Boston. So if they lose two or three or, God forbid, even four of those games, it's possible that their stock could look like it's trending down a little bit. And if that happens, then we look at the run that they're likely to have coming out of that. They play Orlando, Houston, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Thunder, Pacers, Atlanta, Houston, Brooklyn, which we'll see who Brooklyn has by then, and then Indy. Man, almost all of those are games, with the exception of potentially Atlanta and Brooklyn, depending on who they have back, that should absolutely be winnable. Well, and the Pelicans, I guess, are trending positively as well. But I would just say that after four relatively tough games out of the gate, Memphis absolutely has the chance to go on another 8, 9, 10-plus game winning streak. And so they're a team to look at positively as we get into that stretch in terms of what their lines are and what they could do over that time. Third team up, I have five of these, by the way, on, on each one. So the next team up in terms of the trending positive, I have Miami. Miami plays 13 of their next 18 games at home, which is something that's been good for them. When you do look at their home and road splits, they aren't necessarily incredibly wide, where you would say that Miami's a far better team at home. But just watching them, it feels like home court advantage does matter a little bit to them for me. So eight of those games out of those next 18 are against teams that I would say are currently pretty bad. The Knicks, Spurs again, up and down. The Nets, they play them soon, and so you know they're not going to have Durant back most likely. I think that's still a team that won't be very good at that point. Houston, Detroit, the Knicks again, Brooklyn again, and Sacramento. If Miami shows up, those games should be wins for them, and Miami's a team that's capable of beating just about anybody on a given night. 
So if they're able to get those eight games in the next 18 and then half of the others, I definitely could see them going 12 and six or 13 and five coming out of the break. The next two upper teams that definitely are not trending positively overall in terms of their trajectories as franchises, well, at least not for this season, but they are teams that I think are worth paying attention to just coming out of the all-star break because of their schedule. The first one is the Orlando Magic. This is a team that definitely does have some young talent, and I think there is the potential, depending on how they manage the pieces they have, who they might trade for, who else they add, that in the next two or three years, they could become a legitimate playoff team. But for this year, they're not that. They do play 11 out of their next 17 at home, however, and they have a pretty soft schedule. They may not be able to do anything with it, but in those 17 games, they play Indiana twice, Brooklyn, Detroit, Oklahoma City twice, Sacramento, and Washington. So that's two, four, five, six, seven, eight games out of 17 that are relatively soft. And so I could see Orlando putting together a decent run over these next 17 games. And by decent, I mean, maybe they come close to 500 somewhere. Again, I'm not going to be shocked if they don't. Don't hear me saying they will be 500. But if there's ever a time for them to come out and make a little run, put up some wins, I think this is it. If that happens, they will likely be overvalued, and it would be a good spot to fade them again once we get to the end of March. The fifth team that I think is worth keeping your eye on over the next five weeks or so is the Washington Wizards. Now, Washington, I hate watching them. (laughs) I don't think they're good. I don't enjoy the pieces that they have on their team. We will see when or if Porzingis is able to come back, how that affects them now. They have a little bit of a weird schedule because they have four back-to-backs in the next month. So um, a couple of spots where they've got extra days off, but then four back-to-backs is the most of any team. I think there's one or two others that are tied for it, but that's there isn't a team that has more back-to-backs than that. But the schedule itself is pretty favorable. In, a, in five weeks, it's possible that we come away thinking the Wizards are better than they actually are, similar to maybe the beginning of the season. Listen to these teams they play. San Antonio, Detroit, Atlanta, Indiana, the Clippers, the Lakers, Portland, the Knicks, the Lakers again, Houston, Detroit, and Orlando. That's 12 of the seven, their next 17 games. All games that I would consider to be winnable or at least games that they can stay in. So Washington is a team I'm going to be paying attention to. If they can get on a little bit of a run, there's going to come a point where we want to fade them because I don't think they are a legitimately good team, but they might look better than they are over the next five weeks. So those are five teams that I think are worth keeping an eye on who might come out looking pretty strong or uh, are at least paying attention to in that way. And for some of those teams like Indiana, Washington, Orlando, if they do come out strong in the next month, that just is going to create a chance to fade them for a few games, most likely. For Memphis, it's more going to be picking and choosing our spots still because I think they're going to be there all the way to the end and be a very strong team for the rest of the season. Not a hot take there, right? Like You're like, who in the world doesn't say that? I know. Didn't say it was a hot take. Just said it was what it was. All right. I want to move on to five teams that I would say are trending down or may come out of the break a little bit slow and look if there are any betting angles that that might create for us. The first of those teams is Brooklyn. If they don't get healthy fast, they're going to continue to lose ground. And I could even see them falling out of those uh, top spots for the playoffs. They did just acquire Goran Dragic, I saw, and I think that that could help him. But he hasn't played forever, and I'm not sure he's healthy or ready to play. 
Obviously, Kevin Durant is not ready to come back. They did get Andre Drummond and Seth Curry, and I think those are pieces that help them. But until they get Joe Harris back, uh, we'll see when and if Kyrie is able to play. This team, I think, is just going to remain a bit of a mess for the foreseeable future. And they could come together as a pretty decent team by the time we get to the playoffs, depending on injuries. But I don't think that's going to happen here in the next few weeks. They come out of the gate with Boston, Milwaukee, Toronto, Toronto, Miami, and Boston. I mean, all of those games are games where I imagine they're significant dogs, and I could absolutely see them losing all six of those games. Charlotte and Atlanta are only two and a half games back of them for the eighth spot right now in the East. And Charlotte and Atlanta are both teams that I'm not quite sure what to expect from them, but they certainly have the potential and the talent to put together a decent run. So after eight games, or after these six games, I could see this Brooklyn being a team that's dropped out of that eighth spot altogether. Now, again, in the long run, this could depress their value, and maybe there's a little bit of value as they get healthy again, though once Durant comes back, it's likely they're going to be valued as highly as ever. So we'll just have to watch that and see if there's any angles or, or edges that are created for betting. But I'm looking for Brooklyn to continue to tail off in the short term here after the break. The second team that could be trending down is the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, the Bulls are an incredibly good team. DeMar DeRozan has put himself in the MVP conversation, and rightly so. I will admit that there are plenty of times when I watch the Bulls and I don't necessarily like the way DeMar is operating. He completely hogs the ball. Often, even when he's double teamed, he forces a way to get a shot up. And at the same time, he's been incredibly effective doing it. So who am I to shit on him too much? I mean, he's had an incredible year. And while I would prefer a team that's going to move the ball, and I think in the long run, the Bulls would be better if DeMar would move the ball a little bit more. In the short run, it's been working. However, they come out of the break with a pretty tough stretch in their schedule. They play 12 of their next 18 games away and have three back-to-backs. On top of that, they play a pretty tough strength of schedule. I would say over the next 18 games, there are four against teams that are not very good. Detroit, Sacramento, the Knicks, and the Wizards. And then there's a few teams sprinkled in that aren't great. Like the Clippers are in there. The Pelicans, who I think are decent, but not phenomenal. Sure, we can grant that. Atlanta, another one of those teams. But other than that, I mean, listen to the schedule. Memphis, Miami. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Utah, Phoenix, Toronto, Milwaukee, Cleveland. That is a rough stretch of schedule. So I think Chicago certainly will still get it done in most of those games against teams they should beat, though we've seen them falter at times against those teams this year. And they're good enough that they're going to beat a number of these other good teams as well. It's not like they're going to go in there and lose all of these games. But the point is, we rightly look at Chicago as one of the top teams in the league. And if they're not hitting on all cylinders, I think they could come through this next five-week stretch at 500 or so. And that might change the short-term perception of who they are. If they come through this stretch only losing a handful of games, I think that's going to say a lot about the kind of team they can be. So it's going to be interesting to watch them through the end of March here with the tough schedule that they have. Next team up is one of my favorites, the Minnesota Timberwolves. What I'm actually looking at with them is sort of a pattern of seeing their value be depressed, then potentially having them go to overvalued and then 
see their value be depressed again and opportunities to bet them for a game or two with each of those movements. And I put them in the trending down category because the first potential movement I see for them is down. In their first four games out of the break, they play Memphis, Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Golden State. They absolutely could lose all four of those. They even could get blown out in some of those games. Now, I really do believe that Minnesota is a team that has the talent to be competitive with anyone this year. And so I'm not saying they will get blown out, but it it's possible. If they don't come out and really play hard and play well, that's what could happen. And if that happens, that they lose four straight and even get blown out in a couple of those, then it's possible that people start to think that they're not as, as good as I think they are. And then they move into a stretch where they play Oklahoma City, Portland twice, Oklahoma City again, and then Orlando. So those are five absolutely winnable games. Now, they, uh, of course, they'll probably lose one or two of those, but they could go five straight. They could look really good. They could even blow some of those teams out. And if that happens, now it's five games where they're on a really positive streak playing well, and maybe we start to think, oh, Minnesota just had a, a little downstretch coming out of the break, and now they're firing on all cylinders again. However, after that, they move into another difficult stretch. Maybe not as difficult as the first four, but they play Miami. Then they get the Spurs and the Lakers, not too bad. But then the Bucks, the Mavs, the Suns, the Mavs, the Celtics, and the Raptors. That is a really rough stretch. And another stretch where I could potentially see them only winning a couple games out of those eight. So with Minnesota, I'm going to be watching to see how they move through these different phases of their schedule over the next five weeks. Four really tough games, five games that aren't as hard, and then an eight-game stretch that's pretty tough. And if I get opportunities to see them be over or undervalued based on how they perform through those stretches, I want to be ready to be able to hit those. Next team up is the Portland Trailblazers, but this one for me is only in the short term. So Portland overall, I think it's likely we see them be an okay team over the course of the rest of the year, like a bottom half team, but not a bottom of the barrel team. But I do think it's possible that their value gets especially depressed up until March 8th. They come out of the gate with Golden State, Denver, Phoenix, Minnesota twice, and Utah. All of those games are absolutely losable for them. I think all five of those teams are better than the Blazers. It doesn't mean that the Blazers won't win a game or two in that stretch, but they, I doubt they'll be favored in any of those games, and they absolutely could lose six straight. So again, sort of like we were talking about with Minnesota, if they come out and they don't perform well in those first six games, we're already questioning how good or not they are, at least I am. And maybe the market, Vegas, begin to think of them as a bottom-of-the-barrel team, but they've come out with a really hard schedule. Then after that, the schedule lightens up some. There's a couple decent teams thrown in here, but they play Washington and then Atlanta and Brooklyn, maybe okay. Indiana, Detroit, the Spurs, but then Houston twice, Oklahoma City, and then they wrap up March with the Pelicans. So there are a few decent teams thrown in there, but I would argue probably not any. Well, maybe Atlanta or Brooklyn in the long run. We'll see right now. But it's not as hard of a stretch as those first six games are right out of the shoot. So if Portland performs poorly, I'll look to potentially uh, ride with them through some of these games in that next stretch after March 8th. The last team I'm looking at is the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Now, Toronto's been phenomenal. Uh, it's no secret that I've been a little bit of a Toronto Raptors hater. 
a lot of that has to do with the way they play at times more than not liking the talent that they have on their team. I do like the fact that one through five, they have talent and people who can make it an impact on the floor. Uh, it's not just one star who's making things happen. Fred Van Vliet's been amazing, especially from three-point range. Solid, solid team. I think they're a good team. I think they're a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. However, they do come out with a relatively difficult schedule. Now, not insane. I wouldn't say it's necessarily the hardest schedule out there. But from after the All-Star break through the end of March, their easy games are they play Detroit and Orlando, they play Indiana, and they play the Lakers. We'll see what happens with the Lakers, but I think all four of those teams right now are not especially strong. They do start out with Charlotte, Atlanta, and Brooklyn, three teams that I'm not convinced about, but certainly have the potential to put up a fight. After that, Cleveland, San Antonio, Phoenix, Denver, the Clippers, eh, we'll see, Philadelphia, Chicago, Cleveland, Boston, Minnesota. So you can hear there's a little bit of up and down in that schedule, but there is a lot of up. And I would say one of the reasons I have Toronto on here is I felt like their strength of schedule from after the All-Star break through the end of March was the most consistently difficult. So they're going to pretty much have to show up day in and day out in order to ride out this schedule uh, with a good run. So Toronto's been great, and they were pretty much an auto bet (laughs) through some of the last month. I'm not sure that's going to be quite as true for the next month because the schedule... uh, just has a little bit more challenge in it than maybe it had before that. Or we'll find out Toronto's really phenomenal if they're able to move through this next month with a really good record. All right, so those are some things that I saw as I looked ahead at the schedule. Would love for you to share on Twitter, at NBA Attack 1A. If there are other things you're seeing as you look ahead at the schedule, trends that you're looking to bet with where these teams are coming from and where they're headed, And hopefully we have a really good second half heading into the playoffs.